closer, I guess. Why is it? Is your line always so little? I, d I don't like how this is starting at all. Lois and Clark is our jam. We're talking about Terry Dean and Superman. We'll cover it all. At least we'll do what we can. And now it's time for the show. So oh, okay. the two of us. Oh, so we should be like primarily. Should be, it's it's very comfortable, as you can see. Ellen. Yeah, no, I well, can definitely see both this of yours. Was just... Your choice. <laughs> we could be in another room, like normal. you know. This feels like old times for me, because because Ryan and I never had like a two mic system. So in the old days of the podcast, it would be the two of us huddled around a mic like this, like we're about to kiss and, oh, and sure. talk about the show. Sure. Which really probably lends a lot of context. The listeners that have been with the show for a while what a romantic oh. intimate setup right to talk about this romantic intimate show welcome back to lois and clark to the new podcast oh you're not gonna do your thing that you planned no because i don't trust you why i planned a joke i said a joke yesterday and i'm like oh i'm gonna reuse it on the show for the cold open uh-huh but but pretend like it's real and i just i can't trust her she looks so offended well, I wouldn't trust me. I don't know. As, as, as her friend and podcast co-host, would you trust her? Um, I don't know. Maybe you would have to give her a cue. Well, I, I'm, I'm not trusting her to not out me that like the joke is is not original and has been. Well, I think you did just out yourself. Oh, it's not happening. <laughs> I'm not using it. <laughs> Welcome back to Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman. I'm Matt Truex, and it's a it's a rom comathon crossover again, guys. I'm very excited. I can't believe it's happened again. <laughs> um, joining me once again is Alex Liu. Hi, Alex. Hi, Matt. And Kat Jang. Hi, Kat. Hi. Welcome back, guys. I I can't wait to get into this episode. Um, this uh, is a favorite of mine. Honestly, this is one that like. I watched with my cousins when I was a little kid, and they're like, oh, I think we like the show. And then we watched the next episode, and they would, like, tuned out by then. They jumped know? ship. <laughs> uh, but this this is a favorite. We're talking Sex, Lies, and Videotape here. Um, episode 413, uh, directed by Philip Skrgrzia. How would you say that word? Skrgrzia? I've been mispronouncing this motherfucker's name for years now. I have no idea. I don't... It Looks like Italian, but also not, so I don't know. Cool. Uh, written by Andrew Detman and Daniel Truly, aired January 19th, 1997. But before we get into that, how are you guys doing? How are things with your podcast? It's good. Yeah. We just watched Persuasion. What a, what a, <laughs> what a faithful adaptation of Jane Austen's work. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be like, oh, we've had a pretty good run. And then I was like, wait. You know what? We actually have. Persuasion was fine for us. I think we've enjoyed ourselves on the last three or four, which is quite a run for I us. I know, it really is. It re it's going to end soon, I'm sure. So, uh -oh. oh, sorry. I was going to say, considering that this is going to come out like months from now, do you guys have anything that you're like looking to do in the future that you can tease? Or is it just whatever Medessa Ann Hutchins movie Netflix decides to oh throw my, out Yeah, well, in I, can't, I can't wait for like the Netflix Christmas like movies to like release mm -hmm. and and to show us but um aside from that you know we we're, we're just gonna see in general yeah unlike you 
we put staggeringly little effort into planning the that, that is true <laughs> well see you let like know what's gonna happen next right like at least well, that yeah exactly yeah that's true the podcast has been planned for you by the fact that it's a tv show and thank god they canceled it when they did you know <laughs> we have a whole spontaneous side to our podcast do we Yes, yeah, so you've called audibles too at the last second where like we were going to watch a movie for your podcast then like last minute Netflix drops something either great or like horribly great and it's just like oh shit like everybody halt we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah, and we definitely push like a week or two sometimes so that we can catch things as they come out. I think we're getting better at that. Yeah. Alex tries to be topical. She's better about that than I am. I think it's more um, that I'll see a thing and I'll be like, wow, so awful. Oh, great. This is when it's coming out. We must watch it. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay. I will say, though, that I think you've been extra on top of it because you now always have to get a guest. Oh, me? Yes. I thought you were saying Alex. No, no, no. Alex and I are always the same. <laughs> yes. every, every <laughs> Same thoughts. Um, it's, it's also just a, like, the podcast is, is now for better or worse, completely under my control. So I can just kind of... You got your plans, I you got your dreams. I can dictate the things, yeah. I look forward to whenever you guys decide to do a table read with all of your three past guests, and that would be that'd be very fun. We could have more guests, I guess. We, oh, no, I, I'm not... It I'm would not... require us to plan, like, we're just always texting each other, like, a week I know. a day before the <laughs> podcast is supposed to go up. Like, what are we going to watch this month? You know, we, what? you know, Alex, like wife Alex did, was like kind of tempted to be on this month because of her Dakota Johnson love, which we discussed extensively. Um, but, <laughs> which was most of your episode yeah, on Persuasion. Yes. But she backed out. She um, so she was gonna, she was gonna think about it. But I wonder what we can entice her with. She also declined when you asked if she wanted to be on She's All That. I know. So she's, oh. but then she was offended by our coverage. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Wow, so is there going to be a She's All That Corrections episode? where Retractions? <laughs> where Alex comes no, on? No, we stand by our statements, but actually I don't remember our statements. Maybe if we ever watched and covered Cruel Intentions, which is neither romantic nor a comedy. Well, comedy wow, to me. okay. <laughs> I feel like that's very rom-com adjacent. I though. think so, too. There's a great lesbian kiss. I mean, come on. True. Th- this feels like it could fit into your show speaking of rom-com adjacent and not speaking of lois and clark believe it or not if you guys had to do a superhero movie had to do it for whatever reason suddenly you've got a sponsor but you're like you know what fucking some marvel shit's coming out this month like we really think you'd get a lot of clicks if you did this mm-hmm. what would you guys do was there ever a superhero movie that you're like you know th- this got me romantically hmm well, they all... The first 20 seconds of the recent Doctor Strange. Well, they all have, <laughs> yeah, romance subplots. I don't know. Maybe, maybe... Mm, I don't know. You used to love Iron Man. Yeah, I love... I loved Tony and Pepper. Mm. But I... Oh, for the, the Tony and Pepper. Yeah. But, you know, most of it was not like a haha riot. <laughs> what about... Um, I thought your answer, Kat, would be a Garfield Spider-Man. I feel like that's your answer. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I thought we both enjoyed those movies for them, and then they were just caught in these bad movies. I did enjoy those movies. I don't know if I... I did enjoy those movies much more than expected based on how you assessed the internet's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
our Spider-Man viewing experience is a bit of a blur. They're certainly better than the <laughs> first group. When we mainlined all the Spider-Man movies before uh, No Way Home this year? Why, why was it such a blur? I don't understand. It's a wonderful time. Don't judge me. <laughs> Spider-Christmas. Um, I don't know that I'd feel more strongly about it than the current Spider-Mans, though. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you know what? I would like to cover the Harley Quinn animated series. That's what I would like to cover. Oh, that's a great answer. And hopefully season three will be the rom-com that, that we're looking for I here. hope so. I yeah, fucking I love that show. Cannot wait. Um, well, if we're allowed to say a show, I think you know what my favorite superhero movie is. Lois and Clark. <laughs> Flash season one. Correct. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I could see you doing just a, like... We're talking about Barry and Iris today. Yeah, the, yeah. Best. I, the best. Yes, exactly. He calls it my favorite, like, 40-hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 20-hour movie. 20-hour movie. 20. Um, before we get going here into the episode, too, guys, I got so many goddamn fucking comments. Thank you, everybody, that, that listens and comments on the show. I got so many comments last time you were here um, for Brutal Youth on a piece of trivia that I neglected to mention on the episode because I had momentarily forgotten about it, basically. But I think you guys will find this fascinating. If you recall, there was Dr. Vitor Dutzen last time you were in Metropolis. The lady? The lady. The, the lady, the doctor who was older and stealing youth from people and told Lois things like, you know, um, men grow distinguished and women lose their looks or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So this was Caroline McWilliams, who was the first wife of Mr. Michael Keaton. Oh. Who Michael Keaton left shortly before Batman. And all of a sudden, Batman comes out, and he is the new hot thing in Hollywood again. He can do dramatic roles. You know, like, he's fucking Batman. He's dating uh, 20-something Courtney Cox at the time, and she is then relegated to he? ABC superhero drama. What's up? How old was he? He's not that old. He's like, uh, I think like mid to late 30s when he does the first oh, Batman. Okay. You know, his, his Batmans. That is an interesting piece of trivia. Isn't it? it? It's better than if he left her after Batman. Maybe it was, I, I don't remember. It, it didn't look great for Michael Keaton, in truth. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody came out looking happy is the, is the issue yeah. there. But, but I had to bring that up because I'm like, it, it is weird... That they that they cast this woman in that episode that was that was so on type. Was this you know, topical like, at the time? Probably not at the time because it was like ninety six, I guess, when that episode came out. Um, and you know, Batman is eighty nine, ninety two. You know, but it was it was somewhat recent. Oh, five yeah. years later, she was like, "I'm gonna skip therapy." Yeah, it's work as, through it on Lois and Clark instead. Right, it's as if uh, Jennifer Aniston had never did anything again, and then suddenly had to do like a flash episode where she's the old lady stealing power you know like it's not maybe a Wait, bad what i don't know if that's I, a I perfect comparison a, i know i was trying to think of a modern one but it didn't really work I out you were what would say, it be like if jennifer aniston had to do a flash episode about a haircut <laughs> that's what i meant to say anyway had to pepper that in had to get it on record thank you everybody that reminded me of that, but it, it's 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 that done. Sorted it's been it's been it's been discussed. Of this poor actress's personal history. Yes, exactly. Um, meanwhile, we don't have a summary this week, but we can just kind of jump into the episode. But 
for the record, I, I truly fucking love this episode. I think it's got some great stuff, and I can't wait for both of you to beat down the joy inside me. <laughs> you know what? I liked it. Alex had a good time. Really? Yeah. She texted me. I had a very Should good time. Should we just end there? Like, is that, yeah. <laughs> no, no notes. Perfect. I thought yeah, it was perfect. very funny. And I enjoyed the fact that there were, there was like no like alien subplot. Like there wasn't like some mm. sort of like horny monster situation. I just enjoyed like the absurdity of this domestic situation. <laughs> yet he was like so close to being, to like outing himself. It was great. I think it gets to what the series should be, where it's just like Superman should get in the way of them, of their relationship, or or be some sort of complication. And in this, like, it is it is so that it is so a story for this show. Where like another one of my favorite episodes is some woman claiming to have Superman's love child, and what that means for them, even even just like privately, like it's super fun. But also watching this, I had that like mix of when you're watching something you love with your partner where half of it is like hey you have to pay attention this is serious and the other half is like oh fuck oh god i'm sorry that i'm someone that's devoted so much of my free time to watching this show and recording about it you know it was really i've funny. seen this one before oh really yes i was not confident <laughs> that I had seen it until we were like a, a few minutes into it, but I have seen it before. And I've also seen the one with the love child, which I think I may be like more. Okay. I, but that's uh, neither here nor there. I really, yeah, I had an unexpectedly good time. I laughed aloud at many parts. Um, I, yeah, I was having a great old romp, but you know, Alex so did say something similar to you, Matt, where she was like, this is what I liked about the show, which was that it was so, it was like more about, you know, the, like, the day-to-day of, like... The impact right. of Superman on your life. Yeah, exactly. And so she really loved yeah. that. I, 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 obviously, I love that, too. Like, I, I'm, I'm proud of this show when it can find a way to use its premise. Even, even in season four, when they've, like, gotten them married, and I mean, there's no question of the, whether they're going to stay together or whatever. You know, like, we're not worried about their relationship turmoil or whatnot, but they get to challenge them with stuff like this. I think it's really fun. Um, we should probably introduce our villains. We've got excellent name, Randy Good, played by, real quick, Jack Wagner, who was a big soap opera star. He was on Melrose Place, uh, General Hospital, Bold and the Beautiful. But we've also got motherfucking downtown Julie Brown. Um, Alex, do you have any history with downtown Julie Brown? She, like me when you said this last night, has a totally blank look on her face. Okay. So, downtown Julie Brown, I, I don't know where. Like, she started as an MTV VJ, like, in the 80s and 90s. Oh. And, like, that's where she got her name. In America? In America. In the United States. Is she yes. British, though? She is, yes. Okay. okay. But, you know, she started as that. And then I know her from Sirius XM. She's on 90s on 9 and hosts the Back in the Day uh, replay countdown. Did you so, get like, it free with your car? I, I, I did for a while, yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, who has Sirius? I have Sirius. <laughs> that's where the Broadway channel is. I think that's like a feature that I didn't opt into, so I've never experienced well, it. Well, then you've missed out on some downtown Julie Brown action, <laughs> let me tell you. But this is like, this is the show attempting stunt casting at the time, and it's like mid tier stunt casting. But it's interesting to me. And I think they both 
come to play, even though they're from very different backgrounds. Like, I enjoyed them both in this episode. Thoughts? Are we allowed to talk about their outfits, or should that wait till later? Oh, by all means. Well, I don't have that much to say about Randy, except that he is wearing high boots like a Revolutionary War dude at the beginning. Oh, he's in a full riding Yes, costume. this was unclear. Alex, like, kind of watched part of the beginning with me today, and she was like, why? Like, first of all, we were like, why does he have a crop like a whip a crop whip or like the situation mm -hmm. and then that's when i clocked that he was in like a full english writing outfit none of which was explained by the way it wasn't even like a throwaway line like no. oh i've just come from riding my horse like it was just like i'm in this board meeting in like my jotbers and like <laughs> i think it's implied that he's rich and terrible i guess but you're right that it's never it's really well referenced yeah I don't is he a recurring character no, but I, I, uh, we'll get into weird continuity in this episode. But no, like, he's he's new for this episode. But I mean, like, obviously he's rich and terrible. That's his whole thing. Sure, I just mean... And to demonstrate that, they were like, we must put him in an English writing outfit. <laughs> but anyone who's blind won't know. Yeah, exactly. No, they'll just hear him, like, cracking a whip every once in a while <laughs> and not know that it's a writing prop. He's making a meal out of that prop, though. Like, I love it. He's He's... He's hanging up phones with it. He's scaring everybody at the table. It's a great time. Oh, but, like, if it wasn't clear enough that he was evil, he then, like, like murders a man, like, in, like, an elevator shaft. Friend of the show, Scott Leva. So that, that actor is Dean's stunt double for seasons, like, two, three, and four of the show. Oh, that's cute. And had acting experience. So they, they asked him, like, there's a gag with this, this job. You're going to be, like, on camera. It'd be much easier just to use, like, a stunt guy. Do you want to do it? So he did it. But um, I got to talk to with him last year for the podcast. Wonderful guy. So many great stories. If you haven't listened to that interview, go back and listen. But What kind of person do you have to be to have a special system that makes it so that your elevator becomes a murder shaft? This fucking asshole. Whose entire... He's got it who's, down. Whose entire motivation for this episode, like, trying to create, like, world war, like, all this stuff is just that, <laughs> like, Superman edged him out for, like, man of the year, which I was like, if you're gonna lose out to anyone, like, losing to Superman is not really a bad thing, but okay. So is here's my theory. Where they can't afford Lex Luthor? Here's my theory. Lex Luthor is dead. Oh. Lex Luthor is dead, and Lex Luthor, I believe, established in continuity has won the Metropolis Man of the Year Award in the past. At the very least, he's been given the key to the city until Superman flew on the scene. So my thought is this. Randy Good's going for years being like, fucking Lex Luthor, he'll win it enough, and then it'll be my turn. Like a Friends and Frasier situation? And then this goddamn alien pops in, and he's like, what the fuck with this? <laughs> I gotta destroy this, this you know, goody-two-shoes type guy. But it's also like... It's not necessarily of the city, right? It's like, I guess Metropolis gives the peace prize because, like, Superman is flying back in the beginning on one of my favorite wire shots in the entire show. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> As, he's like, over the <laughs> As the Dean's air. doing his best to stay straight like that. Uh, it was very core cool. strength. <laughs> but he's, like, flying back from, like, presumably the DC version of, like, the Nobel Peace Prize at that point. And being like, I'm donating all the money to the people of Metropolis or in the middle and that type of thing. So, unclear. From Stockholmia. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. We'll get into the fake European countries here in a second. Oh, but yeah. I, um, I just thought this Randy Good, again, just the name is perfect. Um, 
Jack Wagner was phenomenal in this episode. I thought every scene he was the biggest, most mustache twirly guy, but like really having fun with it. Like I always say, I love a villain who enjoys being evil this much, and and this this hit it for me. I don't know. Is it is it like as people that don't watch the show? Generally, is it too broad? Like, do you enjoy it? What, like, do you like the tone of this type of villain? I think it's tonally appropriate. Yeah, I was gonna say from what we're watching. Yeah, his over the topness, like, I think fit the show. Mm. Okay. How about uh, downtown Julie Brown? What is happening with <laughs> what's, the hair? What's happening with the hair? With the outfit. Her undercover outfit her was also bad. undercover <laughs> accent was amazing. What are you talking about? Wait, did she have an accent undercover? Yes, she changed from her British accent to like this like nasally like like accent. Oh, oh no. Her I didn't even catch it. Her performance is wonderful. I was just like, this lady's hair and outfit are a real combo. And then when she was undercover, I was like, oh, her undercover clothes are also bad. But also, how is no one bothered that this woman doesn't work here? Look, it's a hustle and but it's the greatest metropolitan newspaper. Is it because of its only four people at this newspaper ever speak to each other? It's part of it. Hey, probably, she was yeah. from the research department, okay? Yeah, it's a big newspaper. It's a giant building, even though we only ever see two floors of it. Is she doing that thing where, like, if she sees someone from one department, she's like, oh, I'm from Circulation. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. she sees someone. I'm from the Santa Pool. Oh, I'm from the. Bu- yeah, whatever. But you know what? All she needs is her, like, arm full of papers and glasses, obviously. So then she's disguised. Glasses Maybe she's a big stringer. help in this city, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a theory that everyone in Metropolis has face blindness. <laughs> yes. I don't think you're wrong. I, I can get behind this, honestly, yeah. because um, this season alone, Clark is not the only person to use glasses, no glasses as a superhero disguise. And like it does, it fools Lois and Clark to the point where like they're getting friendly with glasses and they're fighting no glasses in the same episode. I <laughs> think they of all people. And it takes like a research moment to be like, oh, fuck, it's the same guy. I think there should be a Lois and Clark prequel where some villain puts something in the water that causes <laughs> And Superman doesn't exist yet, so yeah. Yeah, there you go. yeah. There, there are theories that Super, or a friend of the show, uh, Rob O'Connor, has a theory that um, in this world, Kryptonians are somewhat telekinetic. So there's a theory that like he's sending out like low-wave Telep, you know, telekinetic thoughts or whatever all the time that's like blocking people from recognizing him. But I'm like, no, I think it's just, I think Rob's it's just theories a, are too elaborate. Totally, totally believable, you know, disguise in this world. Anyway, before we get away from the villains, I have to talk about the, um, this is, you know, Randy Good is uh, head of like Good Publishing or whatever the fuck it is that, that deals with the Metropolis or the Inquisitor. Is it the Metropolis Inquisitor? It's like, it's like the National at... Enquirer equivalent within Metropolis. Thank you. Thank you. It is the National Enquirer. The dirty Inquisitor. dirt bag or whatever? Uh, oh, that's the other one. Yeah, the dirt digger. The one digger. that like, picks it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, let's discuss. Oh. Um, <laughs> we don't have to. Anyway, we have seen the National Inquisitor before in Lois and Clark. Um, we've seen, and to the point where when he sits down at his desk at one point, he's got giant fucking you know, front pages blown up all over his office. And the front page behind his desk is guilty, 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 like Lois Lane going to fry on death row, essentially. From 
but episodes ago, from like five or six episodes ago. Why is Lois going to death row? Oh, it's a long... It was not a good couple episodes. But, like, to the point where, like, they've been kind of laying death the ground... Death row? Work. Yeah. She accused of, like, a bombing? She's accused of a murder. Every I hate the episodes. Everyone's off model. It's not worth discussing again. All right. Um, listen to that episode. Hmm. Um, but, like, there's this weird amount of continuity in this show with this specific publication where it's just like suddenly we put a, a face to the name and like um throughout this episode we get montages of of other news organizations covering it and it's like lnn which is the luther news network which has been around since season one there's who's top running copy. it now that he's dead who's to say mercy graves i have no idea Who? um mercy graves is his um like uh i don't know his harley quinn his his chauffeur in the comics. I think she comes from the animated series, actually, but she's she's a big character. You think there's something His Eve Tessmacher, if... Um, if nope. Anybody, nope. No? Okay. His Alfred? She's in the show. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, his Harley, basically. But not a parent. His Gunball. Um, anyway, we've got Ellen N in this episode. We've got Top Copy. Like, there's a weird amount of, like, world-building... Um, you know, uh, continuity in this that I, I like very much. So for the fans that are listening, I said to mention that really quickly. The looks I'm getting, it's just not... Just yeah, like blank up. faces. I know, I'm sorry. No! <laughs> um, Looking so happy. Anyway, so that's our villains. And they're up to a pretty nefarious plot that literally involves... Like, war in the Middle East. Presumably the Middle East. I don't even know. No! It was like war in, like, it's East, Eastern, no, it's Europe. Eastern Europe. Okay, Eastern it's Europe. It's like Poland. Oh, I'm sorry that I don't know where Ladislan and Podznik are Podansk. from. Podansk. Podansk. Whatever. <laughs> I just feel that Ladislan and Podansk are clearly fake Eastern European names. No, I concur. That I thought it was like, I was like, oh, so it's like Latvia and like Poland and shit. Yeah, okay, it's like a Czechoslovakia or like a Bosnia yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Was there political turmoil there at the time? Like, why is yeah. this? Yeah, I mean, the USSR. Okay. Like, Serbia. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's all, yeah, like, yeah, kind yeah, of. This is also the third time on the show that I can count where two European nations have been, like, on the brink of war. And weirdly enough, it's always in great episodes. So I guess it's, I guess it's a bellwether what for whether the show is going to be good. the other one? Oh, like, nothing. But, like, someone's trying to launch a nuke at it to, like, aggravate sure. stuff. Um, the other one, uh, you know, uh, a fifth dimensional imp stole uh, tomorrow from the world, so uh, there's probably going to be a war. This is like one with the backwards name. Yeah. Hey. Wow. I know stuff. Oh yeah, I made you watch that episode yeah. too. It's terrible what I've done. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, I hate these names. I think they're the worst fake country names that really? we've had in the show. Absolutely, you can barely. Well, that say you've them. had on your show. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, is pen- where the where <laughs> we've watched the Netflix yeah. Christmas cinematic universe, so we've seen a lot of fake European names. Which is why I'm getting confused. Is Pacifonesia from the Netflix universe no. or from Lois and Clark? It must be from Lois Probably and Clark. Yours. That, that was a great one. That feels Asian. Yeah. What if we Presum- had? We never see it. That feels uh, Pacific Islandy. What, what if we ha- Aldovia? Aldovia's fine. Panda. What? What is oh, the? Oh, that's the bad one. That was one. the bad yeah, one. Yeah. What is um? What is the Asian country? Penglia. Penglia. I was Penglia. gonna say 
Both these countries are several cuts above Panglia. For sure. Um, no, Panglia sounds fine. It does sound like a like charm bracelet company, but I think there's an art to these fake country names, though. In the same way, there's an art to fake product names, where like it has to sound like the thing, obviously without being real. Sure. And I think the reason we're so affronted by Panglia is because it's so obviously like China or a similar country, and the name doesn't suggest that at all. No, it's very bad. Okay. Whereas, like, Aldovia does suggest to me a small European country. <laughs> yes. And what is the other one that starts with a B that's where what's oh. her face is from? I don't know. I forget. Barovia. I'm not right, but I'm close. Yeah. None of them hold a candle to... Uh, Belgravia. Belgravia, that's it. That one's been used twice. Yeah, Belgravia Belgravia is very good. Places. Yeah. I was going to make a joke, and now it's completely lost my head. I'm where sorry. Do, where is uh, Julie Andrews, the queen? Genovia. Genovia, I was right. Okay. Also a good fake yeah, country. Yeah, very name. good. Excellent fake country. But those, but those are Western country. European country names. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and they're also similar. I kind of feel like someone should make like a website that auto-generates yeah. alts. <laughs> well, how do you know there isn't one? Um, I True. will say that I truly loved the World War twist that this episode took. <laughs> Because at first, I was like... Fucking stakes, man. I know. I was like, LOL. Like, what a hilarious case of, like, mistaken identity. And then it was like these two countries were so invested in Superman's, like, romantic life that they were like, our countries will go to war if you are a cheater. (laughs) If your dick is remotely wet. We are going to nuke the shit out of each other. Yeah. It's hilariously weird that these peace talks rest on Superman's personal life. And that one of them is like, look, we're men of the world. We understand <laughs> these things. But my people are not going to be able to take To be this. honest, that felt like the most realistic part I of know, this episode. It was kind of great. But then my other favorite thing was that the whole, like, Randy Good's nefarious plot at the end was basically that he was going to blow up the, like, leaders of these two countries um, because he was going to, like, trap Superman into, like, rescuing Lois or whatever. And I was like, I don't understand why this random philanthropist could get two world leaders to come to his, like, conference room to have peace talks. Like, like where is the Twice. government? <laughs> Look, they're really <laughs> small countries. So here's the thing. With surprisingly uh, powerful arsenals. And the president is Fred Willard, known comedy actor Fred Willard. So, like, he's not going to be very helpful. But there is a president, you know? Like, why, why yes. is a private citizen suddenly holding diplomatic meetings? <laughs> Maybe the president is busy with Pacifonesia. That's a good point. Oh, just, yeah, just coming up with, um, with deterrence oh! in that case. Sorry, I just showed Kat the face of Fred Willard. And you've seen him in a billion things as, as the feckless moron. Let me look it up. Oh. He plays it very well. You could hold it up to the... Well. He was a wonderful actor. He, we, we lost him um, during quarantine. Oh, no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He was the president <laughs> um, in WALL-E. Like, he's the only, like, real person you see on screen in WALL-E that's like, so, uh, being president of the world didn't work out. Turns out we have a lot of garbage, so everybody enjoy your spaceship ride, and everything's going to be fine. What I'm hearing is don't elect 
Fred Willard. Absolutely not. He's going to get, he's either going to fill your planet with trash or get replaced by a, a frog-eating clone of himself. It, it's what? It's not going to be good. A lot sure. of shit's happened. Sure. Metropolis is a crazy place to live. Um, is the president in Metropolis? No, he's, he's just come by from time oh, to time. Oh, okay. For, for exclusive interviews with Lois Lane. Sure. Naturally. Reporter. Yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead. I, I will say that now um, you reveal that Lois was just uh, like almost on death row. Um, and so this gives like this episode just an even crazier twist than I had thought. When she, especially when she's like calling up like places to be um to, to be like oh this is lois lane and they hang up on her and she's like oh what happened to journalistic and like whatever like integrity or like whatever and now i'm like well lois they maybe just thought you were a murderer <laughs> they oh. hadn't even heard of the superman thing. yeah exactly oh she was exonerated thank you very much that was my obviously. other thing which is that so this fake paper like they get like basically uh they get a fake photo of Lois and Superman in a compromising position together. And let's talk about that fake photo. Yeah, and yeah. then Randy Good publishes it and it's everywhere. And inexplicably, Lois and Clark are the two last people to find out. They don't even know about this until they walk into work. Do they not read papers? <laughs> They're on the plane back from the chateau. Oh, but uh okay. Do, no? Maybe. I don't know. Did they not sleep? How far is the... Like, I assume a chateau is in Europe. Unclear, because they get Lois back up there when they kidnap her very quickly. And That's then they're what, back in time like, for the press conference. I was like, is this chateau in Gotham? Like, what I is happening? this was a Canadian chateau. Uh, oh. Sure. Okay. I'll take that. I thought it was... Like, I thought where it was is like Metropolis Vermont. in this world? We, we don't know. Canonically, we don't know. I say Delaware. Was your face because maybe there is no Gotham? There is a Gotham. Oh. I, it... Never mind. You, you also you would think I that everyone would just like leave Gotham to move to Metropolis or something. Sure, but all <laughs> this shit happens in Metropolis too. You know, like it's it's, it's best. Safe. To but leave in Gotham, everything looks very dirty and horrible, and Metropolis at least looks clean. <laughs> well, let me tell you this: a lot of people tried to retire to Lattisland, and you know what what's been happening there. That's true. <laughs> it, there's it's just no safe place, you know. Some people tried to go to Canvas, and then this small town in Canvas got overrun by aliens, so it just wasn't good. Small town. It's okay. Never mind. Oh. Anyway, even, even rural Canva Kansas isn't safe. Aliens? In Kansas? Uh, in Smallville? Uh, the new Kryptonians took over it for a second. We don't have to get into it. Um, <laughs> and not to, oh, not to jump around, but Clark's parents show up in this episode, and... Kansas. And I... Was under the impression that one of them was dead. No, thank God. This not is, in this world. Oh. This is a wonderful. But often. Yes, um, because of uh, a the the fifties uh, Superman show, and then more famously the Christopher Reeve movie. Um, they often kill off Jonathan Kent very early on in his life. Yes. And it's usually like a, he has a heart attack, and it's it's a lesson for Clark that like you know you can't save everybody even with all your powers. Blah blah blah. It's very um, upsetting. But in the comics, they, they are very much alive most of the time. Uh, and that's what they did here. And I, I truly, I love them so much. And when they show up, uh, they are underused in most of the series. But when they show up here, I just like every line out of their mouths, I buy in whatever ridiculous circumstance they are in. Except. Yeah. They're so sweet. 
But I'm not sure why they're like, it probably won't really affect us, son. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, Martha's <laughs> line is like, well, if you come out to the world, I don't think you've thought this through. It won't affect your father and I very much, but what about I you I think guys? it'll affect you a lot, ma'am. <laughs> Um, your views are almost as real unrealistic as your son's plan. Well, l- let's talk about that in a second. Um, real quick, Alex, what were your what was your take on the Kents here? Oh, I thought they were really cute. I particularly liked that they were quick to point out how it would affect Lois's autonomy. Um, yes. And I really like that the show highlighted that as well because obviously this is like a huge part of Lois. Um, and the fact that she would just be relegated to Superman's wife would be like a huge mm-hmm. loss for her. Um, so I actually, yeah, I really liked that. I thought they were super sweet and I enjoyed that aspect. But otherwise, I mean, they weren't on screen very much, so. Yeah, they get like, they get one actual scene and then they're at the press conference, like holding each other in hope that he doesn't come out here. Um, I I love it. I love how quickly they come in with their reasons why this is a bad idea, where I'm just like, in my head, they've thought of this before. They know why this shouldn't happen, and they're ready to go when when it's suggested. Weird to think that this has never crossed anyone else's mind. What do you mean? When you're saying, like, clearly they've thought this through, I'm like, doesn't seem like everyone else here has thought this through. Oh. <laughs> That's true. Well, Lois certainly has. I don't, I don't think Clark has, has truly thought it through enough. No, he's so dumb. I mean, obviously, in this episode, he's very quickly willing to give it up. This, because we're on this scene, and, and we should talk about it, it. Like, I love this episode for what it allows Lois and Clark to discuss. There's the scene earlier on where, like, the, the story first breaks, and they're watching TV together at home, and they both look phenomenal. By the way, like... Yes, although I feel that all of Clark's thoughts and choices are stupid, he looks great in this episode. He looks great in this episode, and she looks incredible. She always looks good. Holy shit. Um, but uh, they're talking, and, and Lois is basically... Or one of them is basically like, you know, we've forgotten that this is a marriage of three people. That it's us and Superman. And I'm like... Yeah. Which is basically going like, we forgot the point of the show. But we, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here real quick, you know? And um, and then in this later episode, when he's like ready to give up the secret identity and and reveal himself to the world, it is Lois fucking Lane that has to step in and be like, "No, this is not the right thing to do for us, and it's not the right thing to do for Superman. You have to protect what Superman is." And it's it's her that's standing in the way of that, and like his mind's made up, and she's like, "I've got I've got you know twelve hours or whatever the fuck it is to to." fix this for us and and essentially save Superman. And it's one of those things like people make fun of the new show for like their tagline that we are the flash, that his whole team is what helps the flash. (laughs) They are Superman for me. Like the the show is very much about that once she finally finds out and and it's exemplified in this episode. I, I, sorry, I'm just gushing, but I, I, Love that stuff so much in this episode. This was him all of last night. And I was like, (laughs) I'm, really with you in theory in practice i feel like clark is being so dumb it's hard for me to get on board i just was enjoying the ride so i was like the escalation of this situation <laughs> is 
phenomenal. Like, how did we get from, like, we're going on a romantic night at this fancy hotel. Sexy-ass night, yep. And, like, you know, I'm having sex with my husband while he's in his super suit. So sexy. Although, it seems like it would be difficult to get off, but okay. And... I think it's worth it, frankly. But continue. Interesting. The escalation from that to nukes world war and then (laughs) i have to destroy all our lives to reveal my secret identity which is like solved like like that immediately gone with his laser eyes amazing no 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 here's the thing the world war is solved with his laser eyes and some really questionable physics (laughs) and then the the thing where he's about to (laughs) blow up their lives is not solved by him. They just get lucky. So can we talk about the fact that the whole situation... About the freebie that they get yes, in this is one? Yes, is precipitated by the fact that they are dumb. Like, they're totally in public. So so to, to remind people, it starts very early on where, like, they're at a press conference. And by they, I mean Lois Lane and Superman. And she's, you know, they're... they're interviewing... He, she's interviewing him. And downtown Julie Brown gets footage of them uh, her touching his arm basically and they're clearly in love like it's it's obvious to us obviously but also like the footage it makes randy good just like stand up at attention like fucking get me get me proof of this and they go to a chateau where like superman basically meets lois and flies into the balcony and, and like picks her up they're all really cute together and downtown julie brown like Climbs up the little ladder. I thought that and gets I a picture that Clark of them would be able bed. to hear her, but I guess he was occupied. I think he had something else on his mind, Alan. <laughs> but, but, but that that photo that she gets, that legitimate photo that she gets, luckily <laughs> gets exposed when like someone knocks the camera out of or her bag. Yeah, it's lucky that one random person in Metropolis was in a rush. Yes, at Union Station, and she has to fake it. And she has to fake it so well that Lois and Clark are like, shit, that's us. You know, like, it's real. Yeah, that was some real questionable technology. (laughs) Also, I was like... the attention to detail that Hank's photo was. I was like, wow, this show is prescient. Like, deep fakes, like, like two decades before deep fakes. (laughs) Hank's photo lab is actually who did Mark Hamill for Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Incredible. I have a note that says, it's lucky Jimmy's not so bright because Lois is just like hiding everything so poorly. So and then like a scene later I added, though apparently he's a Photoshop genius. <laughs> Jimmy knows, if Jimmy knows anything, Jimmy knows computers. He hacked into the Matrix a couple what? of times. Like he, he knows what he's doing. But it was just... So infuriating because in I, I think it might be the scene where they look so good at home, but like at one point they're hanging out being like, oh, what a situation. How are we going to get out it's of this shame pickle? we're so hot and sad, yeah. But then like they literally say to each other like, I guess we've got to be a little more careful. Be a lot more careful. <laughs> You're dumb. I will say that I too was like, you guys are in public. Like maybe don't put your hand on his arm. Like he's Superman. Obviously people are going to be looking at you. A, you've walked behind one tree, you know, like, <laughs> news cameras are still in view. We know how small that park is. Yeah, I was like, you've, you've kind of brought this, like, A on your chest on yourself. Yes. yes. They, they deserved a scare. I'll say that. But if Clark 
hadn't taken her letter out of the shredder and pieced it back together, then they would have never been love followed it. to the chateau. I and then she runs so off for the airport without her confirmation. And they were, oh, I She's love, Lois I love the fact that she was like, oh, they mailed me on confirmation. They hung up on her. And I was like, so in the, in the, in the 90s, did you have to call a hotel or mail them a letter <laughs> and then they would get back to you in six to seven business days? Yeah, she had to go to the post office. She got a money order. Oh she my sent God. it through. She, no, I don't fucking know. I totally thought that she printed out an email. No, it's none she, of us booked hotels in the nineties. We have no she idea. She says in the she says in the episode, "This You're is absolutely it's, right. it's like a letter confirmation." Which is weird because guys, when? this is the fast paced world of the nineties. I'm surprised it wasn't a fact. Yeah. <laughs> when did she make the reservation? I thought it was like Recently. that day. No, no, it was recent. She's been working on it for a second. Oh, I was saying when he was putting together that is that like this, much like in the previous episode where I think she says like, it's like being married to Santa Claus. It does oh. seem a little annoying being married to Clark. It seems a lot annoying. There's a, strong pros and like cons, this, right? And B, you come up with the like sensible suggestion and he's like, it's not moral. And you're like, well, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I don't like that he gets like sort of vindicated and his like, we shouldn't tell any lies. I didn't really lie at the press conference. We'll have to, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, see, that would, I could not do with that situation. However, <laughs> the sex must be incredible. So, this is what I'm saying. They're big pros, big You were big around cons. for the first time, That's you guys. That's true. Very Off the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Swift travel to chateaus around the globe. Exactly. Uh -huh. So, oh, think how much time you'd save. Whatever he does with his laser vision at the end of the episode. But, okay, but uh, I have a question, which is not, like, necessarily has to do with this episode, but just, like, physics-wise. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm, so, I'm going to be so happy but to answer this. But does, yes. if, if he is carrying Lois and he is flying at super speed, does yes. her skeleton hold up? <laughs> Okay, so the, I've often wondered this. This is—I feel like we got into this last time. This is a big. Don't think about it too hard. Um, she she does fine. There's this whole thing where like, like his suit is made out of cloth, right? In the in this world, in the comics, Martha Kent literally makes his suit, and like she gets the fabric at like Joanne's. Um, but anything that's within like a certain range of his his person is protected by an aura. So because Martha's is also a witch, impenetrable. No, it's 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 something that comes off of him. I beg your pardon. I, uh, it's also a very small aura, so it probably doesn't encapsulate everybody's these. Again, we don't have to think okay. about it too hard. All right. I appreciate that willingness to just brush this under the rug, Alex. Thank I, you. Okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. I don't know. Like, why why doesn't Iris break apart every time? Barry runs her somewhere. I mean, she should. I, I agree with you. But she doesn't, so we're just going to have to go with the fact that Superman I, might be a dumb concept. I'm rolling with it, but I'd, I'd really prefer no explanation to he has an aura uh, that, that comes I, off him through his clothes look. and expands like a magical bubble to hold it whoever doesn't. he happens That's the problem. Have. It doesn't. Like, he can hold Lois in his arms and she can still get shot and his, his suit will be fine. You know, like... I'm hearing that he has magical clothes. You're hearing that it might have some holes in it. This is like... <laughs> I mean, I will say this is also a thing I guess like I, I probably thought of when I was watching Supergirl, but you know. It, it's it's a fairy tale. You can't 
You can't get into it too much. I don't know. Why can't they take the tape off her face? Or have I skipped too far ahead? No, we, we can get to that. Like, I, so Lois is, is kidnapped as, as soon as she finds out that, like, again, fucking Lucille Bluth of freebies here. They have, their photo was lost. And it is truly a recreation photo that is seen, all, that is, you know, scarred Superman's name here. As soon as she's got the proof, she's kidnapped by Randy Good and whisked back off to uh, Chateau Roberge. Like barely bundled uh, into an unmarked van, but okay. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't take much to kidnap Lois Lane, let me tell you that. Um, but she's, she's tied up on, in bed in chains with dynamite underneath her. And she's doing charades. And your point was... Take the tape off your face. Yeah, because she can like she like, can reach her, her she can reach her, her own mouth, but also Superman is there. Also, Superman well, is there and can just float over the bed. But and I think that like you've triggered a pressure yes, plate. But, but is you're it like right. he's not he, allowed to get off the pressure yeah, plate? Yeah, he could just nope. fly. So I don't I don't know. That was really flimsy. He immediately rescues her after the like six word game of charades, and it's like, why Which would you not get her out? Too many words, Lois. And Lane. also, <laughs> it was previously established that he only has two minutes to rescue Lois before they're going to set off the bomb for, like, the other guys. So I'm just saying that I this game of charades was a long game. I totally. think it's because it's like, once you trigger the thing, then the thing. But I still think that you could have overall saved time by rescuing her, ripping the tape off, and then it's going to be quite a bit faster than two minutes for her to say six words. Yeah, that's true. 100%. Uh, but it, So we're saying it's two minutes between her go boom and Metropolis? Because that's something that you shouldn't do if Superman's who you're trying to you know, beat here. I... You, are you saying like two minutes is far too long? You're dumb. Is is more than enough time for Superman to I deal thought, with? I thought I was under the well, impression clearly, that but... it was two minutes, like once he got into the room, and I thought so had too. to rescue Lois, and then because it's like pretty immediate after. Like my understanding right. from the timing on the show was that the other bomb was triggered oh. pretty immediately after uh, the first one exploded, meaning that trigger was already set. It would seem immediate if, if you're you didn't have right. a shard of mirror and laser vision. Yes. Their rationale makes even less sense. And also, some of Lois's charades were like, either you're really bad at this or Clark is really bad both at Both or both. One of you's bad at this. I don't know if they're winning or, a lot of charades both. with their friends. She was like, walking. I don't think they have Sounds friends, like talking. first of all. They have Jimmy. Like, uh... <laughs> they have Jimmy and Perry. Doesn't seem like Jimmy is good at charades. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> um... Yeah, my favorite moment of this entire episode was when he hurled the piece of chunk of glass into space, space, and then we see it flying through space, and then his... The trajectory continuing. Yes. Flying through space, slowing down. Yep. As if there's still gravity, yep. and then conveniently pausing. As, his, as he does his laser eye situation, knowing exactly where to aim, the laser's mm -hmm. bouncing off this shard of glass, and exploding the satellite receiver for the signal for the bomb. You're right, guys. It's a perfect episode. I don't, I don't know. What, I think we should just Maybe wrap it up. Maybe he's using some form of sonar to, to direct. He's, he does not I don't have, he's need, not I don't even need that explanation. <laughs> this was the highlight of the episode for me. It was like the piece de resistance on this glorious escalation. This is the thing about DC Comics where like they'll throw out a science nugget where it's like, you know what? 
light travels faster than sound. I bet I can beat it. And then do this preposterous fucking <laughs> thing where it's like, no, you know, like you just had... Pick and choose from physics. Yeah, you just did a bit of science just so that you could throw it to hell. But as a kid, I fucking bought it. I loved the I hell out of it. I bought it. I loved it. Here's my thing, too, with this, this plan. He's got Lois Lane tied up with dynamite in wherever the fuck Chateau in Canada, sure. He's got, um, you know, the table rigged to blow in his own office. I'm talking about Randy Good here, of course. He's got the table rigged to blow in his own office, too, as dynamite. And this dynamited office is supposed to implicate Superman somehow. Where I'm like, I don't know that Superman's known for using dynamite. Like, why is this... How are we going to be able to pin this on Superman and this will be like the final nail in his coffin, essentially? What is Superman's incentive to blow up Ladisland and Padance? Yeah, nothing. He's talking about pulling a fucking Superman 4 earlier and getting rid of all their nukes. Like, there's no incentive. Maybe it's just that he wasn't there to save them. But, I mean, look. I, I think he was going to... This yeah, nefarious okay. plan wasn't very well thought out. I was going to say, <laughs> let me just put this out there. Novel idea. This villain hasn't thought this through. But... Or maybe we haven't thought this through. Is it possible he got kicked in the head by a horse at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> Just off camera. And that's that's immediately where he's come yeah. from. You, you, you know what I was thinking? Is that you know how years and years later, Tempest comes back and he tells Lois, like, in the future, there's like a statue to how dumb you are for not recognizing <laughs> that Clark Years and years Superman. before, yes. Okay. Or, yes, but it's... Well, the statue's years and years later. Or whatever yes, he's in, saying. In, in the utopia that Lois and Clark create. Alex, if you didn't know that, uh, Lois and Superman uh, create a utopian society in the future. Continue. There's like a time-traveling villain who comes back and is like, in the future, people laugh about how dumb you were for not... But do you think that in the utopia, they've cured the face blindness? Mm, I think once the world... I think it would work in our world if there hadn't been a Superman story. I think once a world, an Earth, if you will knows about the glasses no glasses thing it doesn't work how's that i don't know go get some glasses all right (laughs) i found out i have the opposite thing by the way i have a chandler thing where people are like you always wore glasses i'm like i've never worn glasses but when i got glasses people were like no there's nothing new about your face i'm like you're fucking kidding me i will say some people look very different with and without glasses and i don't think that's necessarily true of you so maybe clark is one of those people maybe yeah totally you know what I mean? There are some people where I feel it's very dramatic. Yeah. Also, didn't they do like a stunt with like Henry Cavill where he like walked around like Times Square or something in glasses? Yes, it did work. It did work or it didn't work? Um, it did yeah. work. There you go. Can we talk about how Jimmy looks like Clark? Sure. It's the wrong episode for that kind of, but... Continue. No, well, you might have to explain this scene. Okay. Lois and Clark, uh, Lois and Superman thwart the evil plan and are freed. But Superman has still set up this this press conference where he's going to reveal to the world, like, you know, he's going to come clean, essentially, and out himself as Clark Kent. Um, in the meantime, though, of course, Jimmy and Lois have found proof that this is all bullshit. Thank God. And uh, he doesn't have to do it. And... You know, he's, he's revealing to the world that, like, the photo is a fake. I've never had an illicit affair with Lois Lane. And Superman is asked, well, well, where is Clark Kent? And he points over to Lois and he goes, there, right next to, right next to Lois Lane. And Jimmy is the one standing there. So I feel like everyone should be like, 
fucking Jimmy Olsen's Clark Kent. You know, like it's all very confusing. And then Superman has a line of like, it's he's there on her finger. That's what that ring means, which is just the weirdest. It was a very weird. It was a very weird sentence. <laughs> But until he said that line, I thought the show was making a great joke about the fact that Jimmy kind of looks like Clark. <laughs> and you have no idea how much to provide additional context. Oh, God. Alex doesn't know, but I do. There used to be another Jimmy, and they switched him out because they thought he looked too much like Dean. Oh no. And they switched out this actor and then hired a guy that arguably looks, looks more like more Dean. Like Dean. <laughs> That's amazing. We'll have to send you pictures later so you can understand. Because when he first explained this to me, like, oh, that's the same guy, but it's a different actor because of this. I'm like, but this guy looks more like Dean than the first one did. To the point where a couple episodes from now, a friend of the show, Carolina Martinez, and I are going to cover an episode called AKA Superman, (laughs) where a woman literally comes to the conclusion that Jimmy Olsen is Superman and then treats him like that. Well, that would make because sense, Because a computer though. program she builds is, like, they're, like, a 93% match. They're, like, always at the same the crime same scenes. <laughs> they're always at the fucking Daily Planet. I, I think it's him. Well, also, they're constantly saying, at the beginning of this episode, they were like, Clark is so much closer to Superman than I am. Amazing. Amazing <laughs> line. The Clark and Superman bromance that happens off camera, as far as this world's concerned, is epic. I love it. Well, they do. They are basically like Clark is his best friend. They're always together, except and they're never in the same place. Be like Clark. They were so once. They were once here. the last time he was gonna add himself, and fucking Martha Kent came through with like, oh, you know what, Clark? I'm studying holograms this week for no fucking reason. Maybe I could help you out. Oh my god. And Clark gives a press Wait, conference where Superman shows holograms. She, she does a lot of uh, modern art. Oh, I love this. Martha Kent did did Tupac. Did you know that? <laughs> I just love the idea that Metropolis has this thought that Superman and Clark Kent are just like bros. Like they go fishing Best together. They have like a standing yep. tennis date. Like I'm just really enjoying this. My favorite thing about this. So I've seen a handful of episodes, as you know, but I also like hear bits and pieces through him. You're welcome, yeah. (laughs) But I truly do love this, that it's always like, oh, Clark really wanted to be here on this big day for (laughs) Superman, but he is just so busy reporting on some equally large, unrelated story. Well, that's like, who's who's covering Superman actually getting the Peace Prize in wherever the fuck uh, for the Daily Planet? Well, Clark Kent's there, and he's in the air right now, so he couldn't be here for Metropolis, you know? That is actually a wonderful Excellent. moment. Excellent. But then it is like, normally, Lois gets all of the exclusives and big articles. Like, is she just so much better a reporter or more famous? Like, if he's his pal, or is uh, it like an ethics thing? But I would think if so, they're both too close. Again, early on, he got a few exclusives because he was like, fuck Lois. And yeah, I got to teach this this uppity 90s woman a lesson. And then later on, she's become Superman's mouthpiece. Anyway, I do... I was really, really hoping when they said that, like... He's next to Lois thing that it was the show making a self-referential joke about how much Jimmy looks like Clark. <laughs> but, alas. E- episodes away, then. Okay. So close, so close. Um, I mean, that, that, that's pretty much the episode. There, there's so much here that as a nerd I want to talk about. Like, we see some great... Um, we cut back to this poor Superman merch seller on the streets of Metropolis. Oh, I loved him. 
who early on, I like he or a stand like him is at the Superman, you know, press conference at the at the giving of the you know key to uh, you know, Metropolis Man of the Year award, whatever. Everything's going great, and then once the the news hits, he can't fucking he can't give a hat away for free. But there's a great thing where like at the time they weren't doing like you know this the show's prop budget was very small. They weren't doing their own like Dean Cain versions of Superman for the most part. So the the actual merch that it is on the stand is a mix of comics, just like generic Superman logo, and Superman animated series stuff from the time, which makes me go like, is there a Superman animated series in the world? And it's drawn by the same people? You know, like, it's very cool. It's kind of cool to think about that. Yeah. It is fascinating how quickly news travels in the 90s in Metropolis. Everyone's reading the Daily Planet. Except, sure. Well, except, not the Daily Planet, because I love Perry, too. It's just like, how do we, how do you guys want to play this? You know? (laughs) We got to print something, but I want to talk to you guys first, because he loves them so much. Uh, but I guess everybody's reading the fucking Inquisitor, you know? Sure. Yeah. Except for two people who really should be on top of the news since it's their really, job. If, we've seen their daily routine and all they do is read the Daily Planet from the day before. <laughs> what? I, I, the, what? Their, their table, their breakfast table in one episode is strewn with newspapers and all of them at the Daily Planet. What? Okay, I'm really starting to question how good a journalist Lois Lane is. I hey. For the first time in my life. I will not hear any wow, of this. Wow, Lois Slander. Clark Kent. But why are they on the... Pl- like, it is true that being such workaholics, you would think that on the plane they would be reading coverage from other papers, but I now understand that they only read the one paper. Well, it is weird, too, because they get all of their news, for the most part, in the newsroom from LNN. So it's just like... Why are they rereading their own work well maybe they're trying to see what other people are up to like what do you think or maybe they're just really really self-centered self-absorbed i was like this is a real daily planet echo chamber this is gonna really hit me hard whenever i have to listen back to this episode and be like how self-absorbed am i (laughs) that i'm now listening to this should we call someone at the times to see if they exclusively read yesterday's (laughs) times (laughs) Not today's, not a chance yesterday. <laughs> not today's, no. Maybe it was the evening edition and they had retired. All, no, always they don't leave one the day behind. So if there's news from today, no, I don't know it. But from yesterday, <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> this is what I'm saying about for the first time questioning the journalistic strategy. Here. Journalistic integrity. Well, the integrity is totally shot already. No Let's be way. Clear. She she defends journalism. I feel like she's got that rant. She to is the fucking... married to her primary subject. She's got you know, that on rant. Mondays in the elevator, mm. they're like, everyone's like, oh, today's crossword, what a breeze. And Lois was like, I just had such a difficult time because she's only ever doing the Sunday crossword. <laughs> <laughs> she has a rant to the the like sleaze journalism guy that like accosts her outside oh, the daily planet and gets she gets, he gets the fucking news or soundbite from her but like i feel like she is all of us throughout the trump administration being like journalists have integrity like they go after this like this is fucking bullshit here's the thing i feel like we have a vantage point where we know lois lane personally so we know she has integrity however objectively there's some Look, real ethics problems in this newsroom <laughs> Roberge glow about her. They missed the paper one day, and in Metropolis, one day can kill you. 
No, I'm just saying, though, for four years, she's reported on someone that she clearly knows personally. Well, I know. I also for, love for like, that... For a year and a half at this point. But <laughs> I also love the, like, moral gray area where she, like, lies to the chateau to get a free room. <laughs> um, unlike Clark, that, that is a move I would, I would pull. But if I were Clark, and, and this podcast has proven that I think very differently from Superman, let's be clear. But I'd be like, well, if you already did it, you know, like, whatever. I was just imagining, like, you being married to Clark, and you're constantly like, oh, we're just, like, busy that day. We can't go. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, I am already a little like this, but imagine if I were Clark, if I was like, you know, we really shouldn't lie. Lying is wrong, no matter why. <laughs> so tiresome. <laughs> but he looked great. And I'm like, do you really want to try to Pasadena tonight? And you're like, no. But but we should, because we're good mm-hmm. people. And while we're there, I'll also tell them we threw their gift away. This episode is far too revealing for my taste. <laughs> Um, any other stray thought? Oh, Alex, did you notice? I know Cat did because I kept fucking pointing it out. Did you notice sound effects missing from this episode? I didn't actually. We don't know they're supposed to be yeah. there. Well, like when explosions happen on screen, generally you're supposed to hear boom. Like I mean, I oh, I, I did hear boom, but maybe I maybe I didn't. I don't know. Oh my god, maybe you filled it in with your mind yeah. because clearly that's what maybe. I did. There are several times <laughs> in this episode. This has happened on some of the DVDs and streaming stuff before. Now, let's be clear. HBO Max did a be- did, gave a wonderful gift to Lois and Clark fans by uprising the shit out of the show. It looks phenomenal. But, but since like syndication, I guess, there's been audio tracks missing from some episodes that are sound effects. Oh. And there's like three or four sound effects moments where like it's supposed to be laser vision or, or excuse me, heat vision. It's supposed to be x-ray vision. It's supposed to be an explosion, super speed, whatever in this episode where it's just like there's no sound effect. I didn't realize. So when you pointed that out, I thought it was just about things like the eye thing. And so I thought that they had just like chosen or forgotten entirely in this episode. Mm. But you're now saying all sound effects are missing and Alex and I just imagined explosions. Not, no, not all of them. It, it, it comes and goes. So, like, oh. a, a great example is the end of this episode where she's like, my feet are cold. And he's like, I'll warm them. And he lifts the cover and he's supposed to use laser vision. You're supposed to hear the, like, sound that they do when he does heat vision. And it's not there. So you have to imply that he's shot a, a low-grade shoot of heat vision Until last somewhere night, I naughty. didn't know that his laser vision was, like, dimmable. I, I didn't know either. He has incredible ocular control. <laughs> I mean, I guess he gross. did shoot it into space. Gross. Gross. Yes. And target something incredibly. It's an incredible aim incredible. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't shatter or melt the mirror or anything. But Oh. Before we, we relitigate the science of this again, anybody else has Trey thoughts for the episode? Do you think Cats is really playing in Metropolis? Oh, Absolutely. So they have they have <laughs> our musicals. Have musicals. Yes. They have Andrew in the Lloyd pilot, Webber. In the pilot, we see him, uh, the first article he writes that gets him the job at the Daily Planet is about a theater that's being torn down in the theater district for parking. Do you think that theater was playing Phantom? <laughs> By the looks of it, it was Follies, to be honest. But, oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, there, there is a line in this episode where, like, the presidents, I assume presidents, whatever. I think so. Of I the European countries are meeting with Good, and they're like, where's Superman? And Good's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe Lois Lane had tickets to Cats. Wonderful fucking line. But it did cause me to wonder. Yeah, the implications of that line are, are vast. <laughs> like, it could be a joke. Like, it's possible that Cats has closed, but... It is a good choice of musical since it ran for fucking ever. Well, I, I, this is important to me. Canonically, Stephen Sondheim exists in this world. Really? Because at the end of season one... Big day for that, you. That is such a big day for you, Matt. Oh. A huge day for me. Um, at the end of season one, John Shea's Lex Luthor comes down to a Superman that he's caught in a kryptonite cage on his wedding day where he's going to get married to Lois Lane. And he comes in singing, tonight, tonight, it all began. He's such a fucking asshole about it. It's great. So Aww. Andrew Lloyd, or, sorry, excuse me. So Stephen Sondheim and Leonard Bernstein exist in this world. So I like knowing that the first tier villain has better taste in musicals than the second tier Absolutely. villain. I resent the implication that Lois Lane would buy tickets to Cats. No, she would I, just fib and get mm, given tickets to cats in exchange for writing the story. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Lo- I love. Maybe Lois she's Lane. not cultured because she has no time. I love Lois Lane more than almost any other fictional character. I don't think she's the most discerning musical fan. I, I mean, I she guess she probably doesn't have a lot of leisure time. I think she thought Mamma Mia was the greatest thing that's ever been put on stage. That's cute, though. I don't know that you should be knocking Mamma Mia. I love ABBA. I don't think Mamma Mia is the greatest thing ever put on stage, but I, I'll, I'll wa- I still can't wait to watch the second movie. Like, apparently, I can wait. It's been like five years. But... <laughs> I was going to be like, the second movie? No, no, no. Okay. He, he means that at one point with friends, we watched the first movie, oh. and then we were like, oh, in a week or two, let's watch the second. And that Cut was three to... years ago now. So. Yeah. This was like early quarantine. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> In that moment, anyway, we all yes, Andrew Lloyd we Webber exists. The, the implications are vast. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm trying to think if there's ever been any musical actors on the show, but but where's I can't think Broadway? Of right I think they just have a musical district. They like have their own district. like Excuse wide me. street. <laughs> just musicals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Theater. It's row. um. You know. Do you know? Either of you know um, Metropolis's uh, world famous nickname. The Big Apricot. What? So it's very possible they have a wide way. Oh my god, I love it. What? Yeah. Why an apricot? So that's about it for Lois and Clark this week. <laughs> Guys, can I ask you a few questions? Yes. Was this a good episode for one Miss Intrepid Reporter herself, Lois Lane? Alex, why don't you start us off here? Was this a good episode for Lois? Did she have enough to do? Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes, lots. There was lots for Lois. I liked learning about Lois's um, unscrupulous uh, journalistic <laughs> tendencies, clearly. <laughs> I, no, I loved it. I think, yeah, she got lots. I think every episode is a good episode for Lois Lane. Uh, beg to differ, unfortunately. Oh, but no. But I think this is a wonderful episode for Lois Lane. Again, I'm only watching your hand-picked episodes. Exactly, so. where I'm like, I'm going to show you good fucking Lois Lane. I've seen like a good half foremost. dozen episodes, yes. and I won't be watching the others. That's fine. Um, 
No, I, the fact that she defends the Superman thing, like I talked about it a lot, but I, I just, oh, sweet I, little muffin. God damn it, I love it so much. Was this a good episode for Clark Kent, Alex? Um, he did come off a little dim in this episode, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> Look, that footage of the little Boy Scout being all sad that he doesn't believe in Superman anymore. That's a anymore. cute communist child. That, that kills him. Oh, by the way, with that footage, too, I have to call it out. There's the priest that's on, like, the Charlie Rose type show talking about, like, well, if Superman's immoral, then we're all fucked. That priest, Alex, do you know Will and Grace very No, well? not at all. Okay. That priest is Smitty the bartender. That is, that is Karen Walker's always has a tragic story bartender where she's like, what's it all about, Smitty? And he's like, I don't know. You know, my wife just left me and my kids won't talk to me, by the way. And she breaks out laughing. And she's like, Smitty, you always know how to, how to brighten my day. So that, that is Smitty wearing, uh, wearing the collar and, and being a priest in Metropolis here today. Had to call that out. Hey, Kat, you do you think it's my... a good episode for Clark? When you remind me of that, Overall, like if Superman's a cheater, we have nothing. I'm a little concerned for the world. I I I get that. I'm worried for all the world leaders who seem to be completely ineffectual, thus is, leaving everything to Superman's personal life and private citizens. Who is the personal life that would destroy us as a society? Uh there's nothing left to destroy. Exactly. <laughs> We're just all fucked, um, so I, we're not hanging on to anyone now. Literally, yeah, okay. anytime I think, oh, I like so-and-so, I Google name plus controversy. Yes, I literally had this <laughs> happen to me yesterday, so... Mm. So so I don't know if anyone's oh, no. personal life is left to ruin my yeah. life. Yes, yep. I guess that's true. I, I, my only thoughts are, like, Fred Rogers or Tom Hanks. Like, hmm. You've named two white men, so that doesn't bode well. All right, for you. well, yeah, uh, right, if, you th- if you found out like like Obama was cheating on Michelle, how that dare would be, you, sir? That would be a blow. I'm trying speaking only hypothetically. I would be bummed, but he's a president. But he's a president, so he's already probably a sociopath to begin with. So, okay. I think it's important part of the job. <laughs> I don't think good presidents and bad. Sociopath. I think, it, I, I think it's a key part of the job to be honest. I think. There's a necessary ego component. Sure. Egomaniac. I think a certain amount of emotional compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. But I think empathy is required. Like, I think the good ones have empathy. So I'm hearing bad episode for Corkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well. well, he certainly wouldn't be an effective president. Let's start there. Absolutely not. <laughs> Nor an effective UN negotiator. <laughs> Superman can't even get two countries to... to put down arms. I guess they do at the end. Also, by the way, these men are very kind to each other for like being at the brink of war, being at each other's throats. Like one of them holds the door open for the other at one point and I'm like, you're so cordial. This well, is nice. yeah, Look. you'd think they'd be like, let me spit in your face. Yeah. don't mean that we have to give up decorum. Yeah, I wonder like the extent, like they're clearly not, I don't know, maybe they are Putin types. But but I, I guess I just mean like it's not clear no, what's no, going no, on no, with no them. One, no I don't one think they are. <laughs> like they're clearly willing to come to the table. So this is right. the tame mid-90s. Um, but This is Clinton's America. Everybody, yeah, that's, everything's that's fine. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> everything's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> I don't know. 
like how much of it is posturing because they're kind of like we're fine with this but our people right but why are we pretending that people have the power in your small eastern european country hmm anyway sobering thoughts clark i do want to acknowledge while he's a dumb dumb dummy this is the best I've ever seen him look. He's glowing. He looks phenomenal. It's this as, is the best I've ever seen him look. It's as if he's just been to a Korean spa. Well, maybe he <laughs> had a seaweed wrap at the Chateau. There you go. That's oh. it. Oh. I love that. I don't know what it would do for his skin. I don't know if it would penetrate, but I, I, I guess oh. it worked. Well, there is one part where they say, like, and Superman's blood will, like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what's Superman's blood like? And filed that away to ask you later. No, that's not gonna. Uh, was it a good episode for Superman? Uh, I'm going to say it's it's right down the line. It's uh, he, he had some stuff to do. We get to see him, like, blur in and out and, and blow up a missile at one point, which is quick. But I, I like when he does big stuff like that. The, the throwing mirror into space is preposterous but i'm like but funny if anyone's gonna fucking do it it's gonna be superman um but he also was was almost outed as uh, as a philanderer so so that's down the line for me um cat what do you think there's a small thing i like that we didn't talk about which is the thing where like lois is being publicly shamed and superman is being publicly shamed and clark is getting greeting cards <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh i did like that he's getting like he's getting like, like pies and stuff, and, like, stuff. <laughs> Everyone's like, poor cuckolded Clark. (laughs) And so you're like, in a way, a great episode for Clark and a terrible episode for Superman. That is true. That is true. But how unfair in your marriage? My favorite question of any episode. What was your favorite Lois and Clark moment? It can be a scene. It can be literally like Lois touching Superman's arm in the the park. Alex, uh, let's start with you. Um... I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed their interaction, like the teasing over the Chateau letter um, mm-hmm. at the beginning. And then when he pieces it back together through the shredder. <laughs> yes. Same. I little that. tape and a lot of pages. Her yep. face just like. I did enjoy her bitterness when they saw Clark's desk like covered in like condolence gifts. And she's like so <laughs> bitter about the situation. So I enjoyed like those two moments, like kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, call Clark. Uh, I almost called you Clark. Um, I think one of my favorite or maybe most infuriating and memorable moments is when they're sitting together like, oh, we're in quite a spot. We should be a little more careful. (laughs) So much more careful. You're horrible. (laughs) You're lucky that the world's greatest detective is busy. One of my favorite things, too, earlier, like episodes ago, is... um, Superman's in front of the Daily Planet investigating a thing, and Lois pulls up in a in a cab, and it's just like, "Oh, hey, how are you?" And I'm like, "Too informal, like too." But you know what? They can be buds now. I mean, he's like just hanging out with her husband all day. I truly, was gonna truly. say he's Clark's best friend. He was over last night for bridge, so of course she's gonna be I friendly. Mean, I just bridge. Think, I, I just know. think in the 2022 version. They, it should just be Clark, Lois, and Superman all in like a great poly thing. I'm into it. I, I'm so fucking into it. But in the 90s world, I feel like they're probably like, wow, like Superman really needs someone. What are you, what are you looking for? I don't even know if he dates outside of his species though, to be honest. 
that I, I had some questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my serious answer is Lois defending Superman, of course. My, my dumb answer is I think it's hot that Lois had a bit of a Superman fetish for the first two years of the show. So sometimes when they bone, he's in the costume. <laughs> I think that's super cool. You've also commented before that you think everyone in Metropolis has this fetish A now. super fetish, yes. I have evidence to back this up, yeah. <laughs> well established on this here podcast. Who can blame them since they clearly have no one else in the world to look up to? Right, you're going to be into fre- presidents when they look like Fred Willard? Like, no, you know? Okay, there are people other than presidents to Do admire. Have presidential fetishes? I, well, I, I don't. don't I don't want to know. Yeah. I, I was thinking in the world leader sense, but fair enough. Sure. Sure. Well, they've got they've got Andrew Lloyd Webber to look up to, so maybe maybe people in my room. I guess the best own. philanthropists are like Lex Luthor and this guy who was hot. Who was hot? But then he who dies. Who is hot? Do people previously think Lex Luthor is a good person? Absolutely. Oh, shame. Giving phil- um. Metropolis Man of the Year Award winner and recipient of the C- Key to the City, Lex Luthor. Who Luther? has the weird snake? Lex Luthor. <laughs> I'm sorry that your listeners now have to listen to me ask about things from like seven other episodes that I've seen. Alex, really quickly, in the pi- we haven't talked about the pilot in years. Um, in the pilot of Lois and Clark, there's a scene where like, Lex is literally sitting on the floor in front of his roaring fireplace with a cigar and a snifter of brandy and a fucking cobra comes up behind him and he turns around and he like stares the cobra in the face and the cobra backs down and goes away and turns out it's his manservant that releases, you know, deadly animals, I guess, into his room every once in a while just to see if he can take it. A snake charmer of some kind. So what I'm hearing is that he's Voldemort and Peter Pettigrew like just like releases... Nagini, like, around the house? Essentially. He's looking for a challenge. <laughs> okay. And then, but but 30 minutes later, after that snake scene, he is introduced to his greatest challenge in the world. As you might imagine, the snake charmer situation has not aged well. You don't think Asabi is culturally... Asabi <laughs> <laughs> with his turban and pointed toes? You don't oh, think no. that... that... That's aged well? Well, good news, everybody. He's coming up at the end of season four here. He reappears? A weird piece of continuity. Asabi lives, yes. Although, do you think now he's running the company? You know what's cool about Asabi, too? Asabi is played by, I forget the actor's name, but he's the guy that helps Iron Man escape the cave in Iron Man 1. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to keep thinking about your superhero movie rom-com question. Good. With that said, where can everybody find Romcomathon, guys? You can find us on Instagram at Romcomathon. She's checking to make sure. I she's am right. correct. <laughs> You're correct. Uh, yes. um, and Twitter is Romcomathon2016. I'm confident. I don't know why I sound like yeah, that. Yeah, I've yeah. never identified more with that feeling. There's a reason I just say follow us on socials. I don't remember what's at Lois and Clark, what's at Lois and Clark podcast. I don't know what the the... Um, Gmail is without we having to Facebook, look it up. We have a Facebook, but I think we literally haven't posted on there. I had years. no idea you had a Facebook till right yeah, now. that's fine. I, I think that used to be a we ha, we have a Tumblr, which is where the podcast used to be a blog. Yeah, that's also Romcomathon 2016. 
I'm Rob Comic-Con tra- was tragically taken, I believe. I will once again plug the Lois and Clark The Legacy Facebook group, uh, where there is always a discussion telling me what I forgot after every episode. <laughs> so please, if you're listening to this, check it out. Uh, we, we have a good time over there. Um, Laurieann Collins is still doing her weekly uh, watch-along parties, of which I have yet to be a part of, but I should absolutely do that a day. But um, all those links are on the Lois and Clark Legacy Facebook group. So so follow that, everybody, if you haven't yet. And of course, check out Romcomathon, uh, where I only guessed as a as a ghost when Kat mentions, like, oh yeah, you Matt thought of that guessed. too. No, I haven't been invited, so I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> Guys, we're coming to the end of season four. I think it's probably safe to say this is a series wrap on Lois and Clark for you guys. Um, new, you know, latecomers to the show, but couldn't thank you enough for being here. Thank you so much for having us. This was, I mean, I enjoyed my exposure to Lois and Clark, so. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so, I feel like I've done a, a service for your wife that, that I've got you into you, the show. Yeah, no, you definitely have. you do this. You know what you're getting into, and you can more easily be like, okay, 40 minutes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. She told me today that this Terry Hatcher was her third favorite Lois, so. Third? Shit. Who are the... You're going to have to... No, you're going to have to ask her. Look forward to the answer to that question, folks, in uh, Lois and Clark's episode 415 coming up. Uh, just two episodes away, actually, so very, very shortly. Ooh! Anyway, thank you both so much for joining me once again and for romcomathon and lois and clark the new podcast of superman i've been matt truex i've been kat jang and i've been alex Liu. folk off everybody see you next time lois and clark the new podcast of superman is a daily knockoff production please review us on itunes follow us on social and we'll see you in metropolis where the other one's like in a box yeah okay (laughs) i've seen too many episodes of the show